Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Positive Pessimist Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Gaither. This is Wrestling Wednesday. My guest today is TJ Fredericks, total badass from Minnesota. He's got a great story. I can't wait to talk to him about it. And make sure you like and comment and subscribe. Comment positively. I would appreciate that. And subscribe to the channel. Helps me out, helps my family, and it helps the sport of wrestling. So let's bring in TJ. Hey, uh, be honest with me. Am I cool enough to pull off this hat? (laughs) (laughs) i have one that i know i'm not well i i uh i got it my buddy rick williams sent it to me and he sent me two of them and i love the hat and i like the way it looks on some people but i'm like i've never worn a hat like this in my life and uh yeah this is the closest i well i have another one but the flat bill thing i yeah this is supposed to be one i still form it down a little bit yeah so be honest with me if i look stupid i got a better one right here no, you look fine, man. You look good. You well, look cool, good. man. It's great to finally meet you. Nice to meet you in person too. Well, not in person, but yeah. face to face. Yeah. Um, and yeah. when you were when you were telling me your story a minute ago, we're already recording. But when okay. when you were telling me your story just quickly through uh, messenger um, or text, I was like, these are the best stories. You know, um, sure. you know the stories of people who had this amazing potential and and did some really cool things in wrestling don't get me wrong but you know then you you know kind of got off the track a little bit and anyway we'll get to all that but when i when i read it i was like these are the best stories um good so how old were you when you first got into wrestling i was about four or five years old um i think my that's probably five and my brother probably started around four okay before me yeah he's younger than i am okay how much younger is uh ty right yeah, Ty is, Ty is about two and a half years younger and about five inches taller. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's about four or five inches taller. How tall are uh, you? I'm about, well, I used to be about 5'8", and then age has brought me down and, you know, back injuries brought me down to about 5'7". Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell people I'm five six and a half, but that's probably a lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's weird, but yeah, I mean, we're we're... Only two years apart, but he was a he was a total different wrestler. You know, completely opposite. You okay, know, he was long and lanky, and I was short and beaten, beating you up. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's uh, okay. it's funny how brothers can have completely different styles. Like my brother was one of those people that never ran out of gas. He was never out of any match, and I was great at holding on to a lead. Like if I got a lead, I rarely lost. But if you sure. got ahead of me. There's a good chance you were going to beat me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you and I were a lot alike. Yeah, you know, I, 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 uh, I was the same way. You know, I mean, I, I would I'd be out of the gate, sprinting out of the gate. You know, I'd be scoring points, scoring points, scoring points, and I'd get ahead. And and unfortunately, you know, I mean, down the road, I mean that 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 could be a killer. You know, you start wrestling not to lose versus wrestling to win. Yeah, you know. And that's where uh, later on when these kids get so, well, kids nowadays are just so ridiculously good. Yeah. That, and the technique is so far more advanced. And I would hate to have wrestled my boys when I was there, you know, that age. Yeah. You know? and, and, and we were tough. Ty and I were tough. But, you know, and any one of these kids that I see at these big tournaments are just ridiculously good. Yeah. Yeah, I was great at get. I had a knack for getting a five-point lead and – Unfortunately, I wouldn't keep building on it a lot of the time, and it used to drive my coaches crazy, you know, because 
within 30 seconds, I'd be up 5 nothing, And then I would just sometimes shut it down, like for the rest of the match. I was just bad about that because I was so... I just wanted to make sure I won, you know, so I didn't take the risks that I wish I would have. And looking back on it, you know, you you realize all these things that you should have done and could have done and, and should have so done what differently. Ifs. Yeah. I, I told you about those what ifs get into your brain still to this day, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, it's more about like, I just wish I would have seen how good I could have gotten, you know, rather mm-hmm. than just just using the moves that worked from for me from the time I was uh I was little, you know. I didn't I didn't expand on it a lot and my brother just loved it and loved the uh um he loved the technique of it and he loved learning new things and I was just like, you know, he always wanted to drill and I was like, let's just wrestle, you know, like yeah. I never wanted to do any of that stuff. Um were you good from the start? Yeah, I was pretty scrappy. I, I was uh you know, when I was in elementary school, I, I recall this vividly that my, I remember my parents getting called from the school by complaints about, about, you know, hey, TJ's, you know, accidentally hurting kids at school at yeah. the playground because my motor skills were so much more advanced at a young age than, uh, than a lot of the, my peers that I was in school with, you know, and um, so I was automatically already just naturally had good body awareness, you know, um, where like, you know, my brother was a little different, you know, he, he was good too at a young age, but he was just more methodical, you know, and kind of like your brother, you know, he's more methodical and he, he, he really honed in on, 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 on techniques and, and, and his mental stuff was so sharp at a young age, you know, where I was all over the place yeah. in the mental game, you know, due to pressure or age or whatever, you know. Yeah. So you touched on it a little bit. Were you, was he a leg rider then as far as styles go? Yeah. Ty, Ty was a leg rider. I, I say, and I, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm going to try my bowling a little bit. I, uh, I, I, I talked about this with, with, with other people in the past that, that uh, uh, Ty, Ty was a Ty, Ty did not look like he was strong, but he was with leverage. You know, oh, the guys would get on his legs and he'd just run them over. You know, or, or I, I would also tell people because scrambling is such a big part of the game now, and it wasn't when we wrestled. You know, it yeah. wasn't as is is at least in, in, up in Minnesota in, in this tri-state area. Yeah, it really wasn't, but. I contribute a lot of the scrambling in Minnesota to my brother. He was the first one to be sitting on his ass when someone took a shot on him. Yeah. You know, no, that's exactly what we preach against, right? right? But he would do it. Next thing you know, that long tentacle would come around and he'd get that leg in and he gets his two. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, so yeah, he was a huge leg cradler. I mean, he was just so good in position, um, which, you know, I mean, positions, Positions what wins, you know, the top elite level matches. Yeah, at the end. You know? Yeah, yeah. I was watching. Uh, you know, I'm I, I I was on the same kids team with Eric Aiken. He was a few years older than me, and him and Sammy Henson used to always have these super tight matches. And I was I was like, because these guys never got out of position. Neither one of them were just so freaking position positionally sound that that their matches were always super low scoring. And and I think that was a big reason why. Um, you were a little bit older than him. Did you got? Were you guys always supportive of each other, or was there ever any sibling rivalry? 
always supportive of each other. Okay. Always supportive. You know, they're, they're, we never, we never, I mean, it's not like my twins where they're basically about the same size, um, uh, and age obviously, but, uh, with, with Ty, we were always in different age groups, okay. you know, and I was always bigger than him, uh, as far as weight goes. Uh, we never competed against each other okay. uh, in practice, you know. I mean, I Ty was a four-time state high school champ, you know. He's good, wrestled for the Gophers, and, and he's a very good wrestler. And But we never, we never competed against each other. I very much, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I he, he'll tell you that, you know, part of the grit that he got was from being tortured by me growing up, you know? And, yeah. and I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I, I don't remember, I think one time that he actually scored a point on me in practices, oh, wow. you know, and that was his whole life. And that was his senior year. Huh. He came back from college and he took me down on my own damn move, you know, and it, it was great. Yeah. But no, we, we definitely support it. I was down there Matt's side every time that he was in his state finals and, running out there trying to beat the coaches out there, you know, to pick him up and hug him, yeah. you know, especially in his fourth one. Yeah. You know, that's pretty amazing, amazing feet back then. Yeah. You know, nobody, now you hear about six timers and five timers and, and it just wasn't, nobody was doing that back then. He was the first one to do it in Minnesota since the uh, uh, early eighties car, I think was the first guy to do it. Okay. Uh, back then. Uh, Steve, is it Steve Carr? I, I, I think it was, I know his last name is Carr. Two okay. different schools. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I was telling Matt and Franca who I had on my podcast, who was a four timer yeah. in Missouri. I was like, yeah. I was like, back when you won it, it was a lot more rare. Like we had a lot of three timers and, and that was the, the standard, you know, but if you won four, it was like, Oh my God, you won four state titles, you know? And now, yeah. and now people do it all the time. And, and, yeah. uh, it was just a different, different thing back then. Uh, there's a lot of things different, you know, there's, there's the match count is you get the, we didn't get that match count. We couldn't have more than 25 matches going into regions for a state, you know, was it like a rule or is that just, yeah, you you just couldn't. And now, now these kids are, you know, I, I think I had like 170 wins in high school or something. And that was a pretty big deal back then. And now there's kids are, you know, 260 wins, you know, and then, and, 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 but they're getting 45, 50 matches in a season. We'd get 30 some after state was done, state yeah. individual and team. So, I mean, that's different. I remember, I remember Matt and Franca. Oh, yeah. I recall. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I, he, was he my size? You know, I was a little guy. What, so what weight were you? Well, I was, well, in high school, I mean, I wrestled. Uh, you know, obviously I was small in seventh grade. So 98 back then was the weight class was 98. And then I switched to 103 the next year. So I was at 103, 12, 19, 25, then 30. Okay. You know, so I just, that name sounds familiar. I mean, you know, in the freestyle world, maybe, you know, yeah. I, I asked you a long time ago about, I remember a guy in Kansas, Scott Murray. He yeah. was pretty tough. Yeah. He was real uh, tough. Yeah. Uh, I never, he wrestled more with a, with a buddy of mine, well, Brandon Paulson. They, they wrestled against each other a lot. Okay. You know. Yeah, Murray was a badass. Um, and, and Franca, and those, those are the guys that, you know, wrestle a lot of freestyle. And the reason I asked about yeah. sibling rivalry is because my brother and I, and it was my dad's fault, you know, not, not to, you know, he didn't realize it at the time, but he like, 
you know, he would definitely show favoritism to who won the tournament or who got second or whatever, you know, and whoever you could you could feel it, you know. And I don't know mm. if he intended to do that, but he he did, and uh, so that's why I asked about if there was any kind of like jealousy sure. or any of that kind of thing. No, not at all, not at all. I I I knew that 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 we were basically Team Fredericks, you know, we're we're you know. Both Ty and I are firm believers in the in the iron sharpens iron. And, yeah, you know, we we've always believed in that. You yeah, know, my dad never showed any type of favoritism towards either one of us. Yeah. Uh, in that aspect, I, I I do I do think that they that he treated us different personally. Um, I didn't know that until just recent years. You know, Ty is more the one that brought that. Ty, he was more harder on my on my brother, yeah, than he was on me. Where Ty was a yes sir type of guy, and I was not good with authority. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did not like being told what to do, but he did everything that was told of him, and so I I, I, I didn't experience the same uh, uh, the same type of uh, I don't know if you call it coaching from my dad. You know, I mean. I never noticed anything different, but I, yeah. but he's the one that mentioned it. Well, tell me tell me about your own career because uh, when I read what you wrote to me, it was super interesting, and uh, I, I love th- that's that's one of my favorite things about wrestling is yeah. the, those kind of stories. And I've said this several times on this podcast. I used to have a guy, uh, my buddy, who's passed away now, but. We used to sit on the phone and talk for hours, and he would tell me who beat who and all that stuff, and I still remember some of that stuff. And uh, so I, 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 from a young age, developed a love for the the stories about wrestling and the the uh, the people who were like, you know, like my brother, who was super talented. And you know, without getting into all of our story, he he never fulfilled his potential, but he had tons of it. And it was one of those things where like I won a high school state title, and people would kind of forget about my brother, and I'm like. You know, I appreciate you being nice to me about my wrestling, but my brother was the one that was, you know, he had D1 talent. And uh, so tell me about your story. Okay. Well, so, well, as I stated when I wrote you, I I gave you some information about me. You know, I started, it started out seventh grade. Okay. So nobody was really doing that. There wasn't. I think there was one other kid that, that wrestled varsity in the seventh grade, and that was a year before me. I don't remember how he did, but um, we started out in the junior high room, right? So my sixth grade year, I did, you know, the one year of junior high wrestling, and um, I didn't lose a match that year. And started out the season again with the middle school in seventh grade, and then uh, the middle school coach was like, I don't have anybody through this kid. Yeah. You know, he's beating up every kid that we got from every weight. And so it was ironically that the high school coach was also my gym teacher in middle school. Okay. So, but he never was there. He was always at the high school. So I was like, okay, can he practice with, with some of the high school guys, you know, that you have. So I started practicing with them and, and uh, was beating all those guys at my weight. And then we had to get some kind of, authorization from a doctor saying I was okay and, and mature enough to compete at this level, blah, blah, blah. So I did. I mean, I didn't have a great career or great record that year. I think my record was 17 
12 and one back then they had draws and dual meets. Right. And that I still, but I made it to the state tournament, uh, upset a couple seniors and, and, uh, made it there. Um, but you know, you know, that wasn't going on back then. And then, um, I made a, something really clicked on me between that. I mean, I was good in my seventh grade year, but something really clicked after going to that between seventh and eighth grade, I went to Jay Robinson intensive camp, Okay, you know, out in Washington. And again, I had to get a letter saying it was okay because I was for high school kids, but something turned that next year I grew and I, and I grew quick and I probably bounced from, I was drinking water at weigh-ins to make the minimum for 98 to the next year, changing weight cutting from, you know, 110, 112, 13 pounds down to 103. So I grew a lot in that amount of time. Mm-hmm. So, and physically mature and, you know, uh, and, you know, I, I was runner up that year and, and in the state tournament lost by a point. And, wow. As an eighth um, grader. As an eighth grader. Yeah. And no one, no one had done that before. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, I ate my name. My ninth grade year, I was fifth, and and I lost to the state champions in the semis. A good match, and I ended up getting my revenge on him the very next year at the Christmas tournament. And but that's where kind of things fell apart for me. Okay. So I had this mentality of back then was like I had nothing to lose. I'm the underdog. These guys have everything to lose, right? I have nothing to lose. But that mentality shifted once I started getting a little bit of notoriety to. What if I lose? Yeah. What are people going to say? What are people going to think? And and so my sophomore year, I was uh, thirty two and all. I'd already beaten the returning state champ, and I won the I won everything that you could win. I was undefeated. Finals of regions. Um, I got upset in the finals uh, to go to state. Then and I I got caught in a scramble. Ended up on my back and got pinned. Okay. And um, ranked number one in state. Going to the first. First round of state tournament, and I get pinned, and I didn't place. And from my sophomore year through my junior year, I don't have any recollection of wrestling. Wow, of, of wrestling at that state tournament, I, I have no. I mean, I went to state my junior year too, and I I didn't place. I just don't remember. I had this like mental breakdown, if you will, or it was bad. My dad had me going to sports psychologist. Um, is actually a guy that I think it was used to be affiliated with the Vikings back back then. Because I remember going to the Vikings practice place and meeting him there, and it, and you know, and it brings me to my junior year and or senior year, and I ended up getting third my senior year. I really should have won it that year. I got upset in the in the quarterfinals, and then I came back and wrestled my way back, which was. For me, tough because back then I was kind of like that movie Talladega Nights. If you ain't first, you're last. Yeah. yeah. You know? and, and and I get beaten a tournament, freestyle tournament, or whatever. I was like, screw it. You know, I was like, I, I'm not first. It ain't worth it to me. Yeah. But at that point, I, I did fight my way back and I wrestled the same kid again for third and beat him up. You know, I mean, it's the way it should have gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, that I wasn't super fond of folk style wrestling back then. Okay. Um, it's not as exciting as it is now with the scrambling and, and, and uh, it, it's just different than it was back then. I was a freestyler. Freestyler uh, was my favorite, still is my favorite style. Um, I did Greco just as much as I did freestyle. Um, there was sometimes I did better in Greco 
in some Greco tournaments, you know, uh, than I did in the freestyle. But freestyle was still my favorite because I could score a lot of points super quick. Yeah. Maybe I felt I didn't need to work as hard, you know. Um, I don't know. I think that was one of my issues is that I let doubt get in, and that's where my mental stuff came in. I let doubt get in, and uh, did I do enough? Um, probably didn't. I probably could have done more. I probably relied too much on talent than I did with hard work. Yeah. Which is all, this is all great stuff for a coach. Right. Right. To, for, as a coach now, because now I, I can see this stuff and, and catch it before it happens with either my own kids or, or, or kids that I, uh, or people that I coach, yeah. you know, uh, at the wrestling school I coach at. Um, and as well, I coach at the high school too. Okay. Now, now that my kids can wrestle at the high school. Well, they can't, they're too small, but, <laughs> but yeah. they can they get to practice there because we're a seven through twelve school, small town. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. yeah, not wrestling Greco was still one of my biggest regrets because I was good upper body and I didn't have great leg attacks or anything, and I never I never tried Greco and I, I think I could have been good at it and and I wish I would have. Um and there was something I was gonna ask you about. Oh, I was gonna say this, that, you know, the what ifs and all that kind of stuff, you know, like the the more I I've always believed in God and everything, but the closer I the the more I get a relationship with God and the more I learn about Jesus and everything and God in general, um, you know, it, it's the things that happened to you were kind of you know strange, you know, to be thirty two and zero and then get caught and then it, and you kind of have a mental deal about it, um, but it kind of seems to me like that all had to happen because now you're able to. Uh, mold these young men into, you know, and, and it, it just sp- spiders out to, to the rest of the world, you know? So yeah. the things that sucked for you and the things that you wish would have gone a different way, if they had, you may not be affecting people's lives in the way that you are. And, you know, that's how I try to look at things now. And, and when I hear your story, that's what I think of, you know, like, yeah. because it sounds like you had all the skills to be, you know, two or three, four times state champ yourself. And it just didn't yeah. work out that way. And, and, and wrestling is so mental. Like, do you think, do you think it started when you got caught and pinned because it was so unexpected or was it in that first round at state or where do you think that started? Well, I think it was a number of things. I think that's uh, when I say a number of things, it's a couple of things. It could be the part of the wrestling where, where, where maybe it was pressure uh, of sorts, but outside of wrestling, um, things were going on too. You yeah. know, I was starting to get in trouble. Um, I was dabbling with partying. I was getting in fights. Um, we literally changed schools. I grew up in a, in a town called Mound, 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 Minnesota. It's, you know, right up the road from where I live now, basically. Okay. Um, and we ended up transferring to Osseo my sophomore year and it was my dad's intention to get me out of that school district because I was hanging out with, with, uh, with, uh, maybe the wrong crowd. Sometimes I was getting in trouble and well, I moved to Osseo the first week I get in a fight, you know, and, 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 you know, so it, it followed me. It's, it, it, so I, I think that was part of, I think that the doubt when doubt came in would, would be from when I was, might've been drinking. Okay. You know, I, maybe I shouldn't have done that. It was in my head. Now it's stuck in my head. I think it was a cluster of all kinds of things just building up to that climax of, of, 
I don't want to call it failure, but demise, you know, or what happened to me, you know? Um, so, you know, the drinking, drinking was my deal. It wasn't drugs or nothing, you know, and, and it didn't really come into full, full course till after my rotator cuff surgery in college. Okay. And that hole in my body got filled with the wrong stuff that was missing. And, and I was on a downhill spiral down, downhills, just terrible, fast, really, really fast. Cause everything I did, I did, you know, you're a wrestler, man. We're wrestlers. Everything we do, we do hard. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's, that's trained on us when we first put them shoes on and when we were very young lads and, um, so when I partied, I partied hard. When I wrestled, I wrestled hard. When I played, I played hard. It, there was no middle ground. So when I drank, I drank. Yeah. And I was good at it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's been a long time since I've done that. But, you know, I didn't get into coaching, though, until I have an older son, too, that's 24. Okay. And he'll be turning 24. So when he, when he got, when he was old enough to wrestle, we... I've been through this whole youth game already and I'm going, had to go through it. I'm going through it again with the twins, you yeah. know? And so, so you're 40. How, when did you graduate? High 93. I okay. turned 47 next month. Okay. Okay. I was a little older for my grade. And did you, uh, did you wrestle in college then? I went to Iowa central community college first for two years. Okay. My uncle was the head coach there of 30 years. I was actually his last two years of coaching um, I had to go to a junior college out of high school. I didn't have the grades or the core classes to go to a university. Um, so, and, and I'm glad I did. I mean, heck, my brother wishes he would have gone to the, gone to Iowa Central for at least one year for physical maturity. Cause he didn't physically mature till he was a junior in college. You know, I was shaving in ninth grade, you know, <laughs> you know, he, he wasn't, it was just so opposite. Yeah. And, and, so no, I went to there two years, and ironically, I, I think I graduated high school with like a one point eight GPA, and then I went to college, and I was over a three point. And it goes back to that authority thing. I did not like being told what to do in high school. I mean, if I'm ten seconds late, you're tardy. I'm like, this is dumb. I'm old enough to die for my country right now. Yeah, and you're getting me in trouble for this. You know, it just really was so immature in my brain. And, yeah, and and. and the way I thought when I went to college, I had the freedoms like, okay, no one's pushing me or telling me to do this. I'm doing it on my own, my own choice. But I did well. It was weird because my senior year in high school, I wrestled 130 and I was pretty small, 130 pounder. But my freshman year in college, I cut down to 118. Oh, wow. And back when I was 118, I never made scratch weight. And, and, uh, and there's a little story behind that, that, you know, we had a good team, you know, I mean, Iowa central community college was a very, still is to this day, a very good wrestling team. I mean, I remember beating, you know, national champ Oxford back then, you know, we, we had team, we had guys, now my teammates, I, you know, Mark Ironside, right? Oh yeah. Well, my, uh, uh, his brother, Matt was a teammate of mine, okay. but you never heard of him. No, you know, he was a state champ back in back in the day and he was a national champ at iowa central you know i we had uh joe and tj williams older brother 
Steve Williams was my teammate at Iowa Central. Okay. He's better than both of them. Wow. You know, and he had an early, early departure from this world. You know, and he, he was on his way to the Olympic trial or to Olympic training center and yeah. he ended up dying from like an asthma attack or something. Oh, wow. And, and so we had a good group of guys. Um, you know, another, you know, it just caused another, you know, the, the drinking still started seeping in in college and, 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 you know, but not as bad in my eight, my freshman year. I, 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 I couldn't make scratch weight. I couldn't make the 118. I made 22 and 21, and uh, evident, you know, eventually it costed our team a national title. Oh wow! We were second. I had majored or pinned everybody from second place on down during the season, and we got second. Yeah. I didn't make weight. Yeah. <laughs> we would have won it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that haunted me for a long time. So there's another jab at me. Oh, you know, here's a bottle. Was, that'll take care of it. You yeah. know. And then I, I graduated junior college. I did get a degree there, just an associate's degree. And then I went to St. Cloud State uh, after that. St. Cloud State is very good now. Um, they weren't as as uh, successful back then when I was there. Um, I only had probably five matches when I was there, and then my shoulder was done. You know, I was undefeated, and that was it. Yeah. And then I drank myself silly till I was 28, where – I, uh, you know, if you want to get into that, I'm comfortable with it. You yeah, know, but. I, I would love to talk about it. I, I wanted to backtrack a little bit and ask. Um, sure. um, I, I, that, cutting cutting to 118, especially those guys. It was a really difficult, you know, because nobody, you know, when you're grown, weighs, you know, even close to 118. So those guys, mm-hmm. it seemed like, cut so much freaking weight. Matt and Franca said he got up to almost 150. over christmas break and came back and had to lose 30 pounds and it was just it was just all about the weight cut at that point um so that's when you ratcheted up your uh your drinking yeah i was after it was right after i i I didn't i just i i I don't know if i gave up on making the weight or i just you know i remember my uncle wanted me to come stay at his house you know just stay there Instead of staying, I had my own little cottage is what I lived in. Seriously, it's this little, tiny, little cottage. It, it actually had its own bedroom. I could stand in one spot. I could see everything. And he wanted me to come stay with him because he, I don't think he trusted me. And he was right not to. Yeah. You know, it was, I, I, I think I, part of it that I couldn't make him, part of it was I kept, kind of said, screw it. You know, I said, like, this is killing me. Yeah. I started at about 145, 140, you know, and it's the hardest I've ever worked. I, I, I would go in at six o'clock in the morning and I do remember the old, uh, stairmasters. <laughs> I go do stairmasters on the highest level for 40 minutes. You know, I go to class and in my morning was, I had my bake, my half bagel. I'd have my other half of the bagel at lunch with a six inch veggie sub. And then I, I wouldn't have anything at night. Yeah. You know, I did this every day. And then I had practice and I'd come in at night and, and then run on the treadmill for 45 minutes at one of the higher speeds. You know, I do this every single day and that got my weight down. My problem was for weight size wise, I was just in between weights. If they had the, the, you know, like in freestyle, they have the 121, that would have been perfect. You know, mm-hmm. I would have been big at 121, but that would have been doable. Yeah. Cause I had made that. I made 20, 
120, 121, 122 with the pound allowances that they gave us, or the 20, 120, 121. Yeah, people um, don't people don't realize how freaking brutal that is to be doing all that and not be replenishing yourself with anything. Like my sophomore year of high school, I, I ended up quitting that year, and and I've told this story before, but the guy that ended up winning it that year, he certainly wasn't any better than me, and I ended up quitting. I didn't wrestle one match because my, you know, without getting into all of my story, my coach uh, couldn't get over the things that my brother had done, so he was very unfair to me, and when I was like, when I told him I'd wrestle 135, he was like, he just wouldn't let me go 140, and the last week, like the last five days, I literally had four bowls of cereal, I would have a bowl of cereal for breakfast, I wouldn't eat or drink anything the entire day. Then I would go to wrestling practice and have a glass of water for dinner, glass of ice water, and then yeah. go to bed and do it all over again. And by that yeah. fifth day, that by that Friday, we went back to uh, you know went to practice, and I weighed one thirty six and a half before practice. I weighed one thirty six and a half after practice. I went home and ran four miles. And went back up to a basketball game, went downstairs to check my weight, 136 and a half. I just, my body was done. It just wouldn't lose any more weight. And I was a 15-year-old kid, and he was such a jerk to me at the time that I was just like, you know what, I'm done. And I quit and didn't wrestle a match that year. And and it it's just, it's mentally, it's it's so hard, you know. People, I would walk up the stairs and have to sit down because my heart would be beating so fast, you right, know? and and that's the big. I think that's something that they've really cleaned up on. Yeah, thank God. A lot since when when we wrestled, where it's not weight cutting anymore so much, where it's more weight management. You know, nutrition people are so much smarter with nutrition now. Uh, my kids, you know, I, I I'm in the firm belief if you're in between weights, always go down. If you're in between, it's not only a couple pounds, a few pounds, right? You're in a, in between weights, always go down. So they'll they'll they're always in between, so they'll go down a couple pounds, two or three pounds at the most, yeah, right. Um, and, and and but they'll call it weight cutting. I'm like, you don't have any idea what weight cutting is. <laughs> Try being ten pounds over, eleven pounds over the day before. Yeah, you know, the day before, because I would maintain for one eighteen, I would maintain get my weight down to about one hundred and twenty eight, one hundred and twenty seven pounds. And then I would for dieting for diet and, and 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 training, that was all my body would go. The rest would all have to be come out be water. Yeah. I would have to just sauna suits, you know, sauna and and to get it off that way. So when you and didn't when you missed weight at nationals, how how far did it was you at, it was at districts I missed. Okay. It. Okay. How far did you get yeah. down? What 120. You got to 120. Okay. Yeah. And then your yeah. body just wouldn't lose anymore? No. I, I had nothing left. Yeah. I, I, you know, I can't say I didn't have anything left. Maybe I did, but I think my brain got in the way. I think I could have made it. Mm-hmm. I think my body could have made it. Yeah. But uh, I think my brain just wasn't tough enough at that time yeah. for that to happen. Well, you know. You physically, know. I don't know yeah. if you saw my Barry Davis episode, but you know I don't know if you know that famous story. But he he basically quit at Big Tens and wasn't gonna. He was you know the number one ranked guy in the country, and he wasn't gonna do it. He was he went to a grocery store and got a thing of donuts, and Coach Gable found him in the grocery store before he put any of it in his mouth. But he was done, you know. And yeah. that was guy was the number one ranked guy in D one. I mean, and it's Love just Barry Davis. Yeah, he's he's amazing, dude. Um, yeah. He's a great, he's great, such person. a physical physical guy 
uh, when he wrestled, man. Yeah, it's one of my biggest. Um, it's one of the coolest things in my life that I that I can call that guy a friend. Um, yeah. yeah, he's he's yeah he. Uh, I think he. I think he dated or had a thing for my cousin back in the day. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, then my coach, my uncle, my coach's daughter. She okay. was a cheerleader at Iowa State, and 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 uh, so she knew all these guys in Iowa. Whether it's a Hawkeye or was it Iowa State, she they they knew everybody. My uncle Denny's in the Hall of Fame, so he's pretty he's pretty well known in the state of Iowa. I wanted to backtrack a little bit and ask you about your brother, who you, who was a four timer in in uh, Minnesota. Um, yep. I wanted to, you told me through messenger one time that I should get him on here cause he had a really interesting yeah. story and, and I would definitely like to get him on here, but I wanted to hear uh, the story from a brother, from his brother's perspective. Sure. Sure. Where do you want to begin? Like his high school career? Yeah. Just, you told me that him, him winning four was kind of an interesting story. Like, I mean, it's amazing that he did that, but you said that there was some things about it that were, uh, you know, just a really interesting story. I'd like to hear it. Well, yeah. You know, he, well, he's always been a good, good wrestler. He always, as a youth, you know, he, he did well, like those Northern Plains tournaments and freestyle is, is good in Greco and all of that. And so when we moved to Osseo, it was my sophomore year. So he was in eighth grade and he actually, his eighth grade year, he actually got beat out by uh, a, a buddy of mine in my grade for the 103 spot. And uh, he was just learning kind of his leg writing, so to speak. He was still learning how his body works. He was still learning that leverage, and he didn't quite have that down yet. And something clicked between that eighth and ninth grade year. So he went from getting beat out his eighth grade year to being state champ his freshman year. Um, it, 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 you know, it, Ty, Ty was a different cat, man. Like, he, he was so focused like he nothing outside would ever be able to get in but he'd be the first to tell you that he held his most anxiety like he he but you'd never see it you know we always had a sauna in our basement you know it didn't matter what house we lived in my dad would have one built and he'd be in there and he had his own little routines of, of cutting weight and you know playing game boy remember the original game boy yeah he'd just sit up at the top and just play game boy for hours still a gamer to this day and, and, and he was so humble, you know, he, he, he wasn't like, he wasn't a big celebrator when he won, you know, he, 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 I think after his freshman year, he was just like, you know, Hey, I want to stay championship. And next year is maybe pumping his fist, you know, his senior year, you know, hands up, you know, it wasn't anything. Uh, he, he wasn't, like trying to do backflips or running around the mat. He was just very humble in the way he wrestled. And we were taught that from a young age. And, and that's like one of the, was it the, that meme that went around for a while of Brett Metcalf. You know, I don't celebrate because I, I don't want my opponents to think it's a big deal that I beat him. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely love that. Yeah, me too. And, 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 that, and that's, and that also goes with, with you know uh, uh having respect for the sport too i think when you get some get a little too too uh ambitious with celebrating it kind of i don't know i think it kind of looks tacky yeah but 
That's just that's just me. But Ty, you know, it, it, every year was the same. But there was some interesting stuff that happened because Ty, what you know, he was no angel himself. You know, um, he didn't get in the in the amounts of troubles that I did. You know, he didn't. But the, you know, I remember a story. What happened? I don't remember what year it was that uh, I had to. Uh, I, I remember him getting in a fight with some kid over a girl. He like pulled cars up at night in a graveyard or something. They turned lights on and it was over some girl. And I guess the guy said to him, you know, no wrestling, no wrestling. What's the first thing a guy tries to do? He tries to tackle him. Big, sure. Big mistake against a long lanky guy yeah. that knows how to wrestle. And, and, and he broke his hand. So he had to sit up. And I, and I remember when I was at Iowa Central, we were wrestling up in Minnesota at some uh, quad thing or triangular thing, and we stopped to watch him wrestle. And I was bragging about him, saying, yeah, he's, you know, going for his four-state title, you know, he's tough, you know. He got his first match back, and he gets beat by some kid that he should never have lost to. And everyone's looking at him, he's like, this kid's going to be a four-time state champ. And I said, hey, he just got back, you know, whatever, I'm, like, sticking up for him. But he had obstacles like that. He had obstacles of of, uh, of uh, missing a ton of matches and still coming back and still winning. He's what you call a winner. He he won when the time was right yeah. to win. Like it, the season didn't matter to him. Didn't get to his head. It didn't didn't bother him. He was so mentally tough in, in this, and then so disciplined. Uh, and as where he was the one that was going to, he was going to, to the health club, you know, he was dragging a little buddy of his with him. That was a year below him that coincidentally ended up being a two time state champ himself and, and contribute a lot of that to my brother, dragging him to the health club to go do this, that, and the other. Cause he couldn't practice. I couldn't practice. Yeah. Cause it was hand. So he had to do, he'd go do airdyne bike and practice. And then he'd go to the health club and go run and do this, that, whatever he could do, but he couldn't do anything, mm-hmm. you know? That's the biggest thing about Ty is just about how how mentally tough he is and how driven he is. Uh, I mean, here's another example. It has nothing to do with wrestling about him and 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 how focused and disciplined he is. Have you ever had a deep cleaning done when you gone to the dentist where they have to numb your whole mouth and they go up underneath your gums to, oh, to sweep no. shit out? No, okay, never, never that. It's painful. Yeah. Okay, I've had it done, and is you know it's. I go to the dentist, I take care of my teeth, but it's hereditary. It's just, we get bad plaque buildup up in the gums and it gets calcifies, whatever. So they have to numb your mouth and take that scoop scraper thing up underneath your gum, right? You can't do that without Novocaine. He did it without Novocaine. Oh, wow. I said, what? Who did you do that? <laughs> he says, because I want the painful reminder to take better care of my teeth. That's the, the way he was. Yeah. That's the way he, he approached. That's the way he still approaches things. He's just hard-nosed, and and, and he, he should have him on. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good dude, and he's a very philosophical. He's, he's uh, extremely smart, and, and, and he knows his wrestling. He still goes to, you know, he – He'd go out, he hung out with all the senior guys last year, or no, two years ago before COVID, to the world championships. They went to, I think it was in Hungary or something. They went to the world champion, him and a group of buddies, and they were hanging out with the seniors guys, partying with them after they were all done wrestling and trying to wrestle with Chad Kraft and a couple of other guys that they went along with when they were partying. But 
you know, he's still he's still a big fan fan of it, and you know, of course, he's a fan of, of his nephews now, you know, and uh, uh, he's just an all around good dude. Does but, he? Have- you know, his senior year, you know, I mean, I remember coming up and being in the stands, and they had the uh, after he won it, he got the standing ovation from the whole arena, you know, and they are now saying back in this date, so-and-so won four state titles back in this date, someone did it. And the last one was that car, you know, in this date. And now you're 1995, four times. I mean, I got goosebumps telling you that right now, because there's a highlight video of this somewhere out there. And, and a buddy of mine has shared it on Facebook before, and I don't know where it's at anymore, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Does he have kids at wrestle? No, he doesn't. He never. He's never had kids. Okay. And, uh, he, uh, you know, he's he's followed the boys and and he's he he helps me out. He he was helping out with the the wrestling school I'm at. He came in last year and then COVID kind of hit this year. And he he, uh, I think he. You know, I think we all take it serious and we all respect the virus, but I think he takes it a little more serious than I do. Um, so he hasn't been at our, our, our wrestling school that I coach at is JJ trained. Okay. Um, it's ran by uh, a lifelong buddy of mine that we grew up together, uh, different schools and uh, Jeff Wicker and he, he runs it. It's such a, there's so many wrestling schools. So that's why kids are so good these days. Yeah. It, it, it is that the, the, um, the opportunity is so much more greater than it ever was, right. you know, and, and that, that was a big contributor to my brother and I's success at a young age. Cause my bro, my dad was a, was an innovator of, of this sport. You know, he started a, there was a freestyle club here in Minnesota. It was called high flyers still around to this day. It was started back in 83, 84. And, and, and you see this every day now, but back then you didn't see this where, he was the first person because all of our clubs were were ran by parents, you know, town clubs ran by parents or they might have been ex wrestlers or whatever. Uh, but my dad was like, yeah, "Hold on a second. So he brought in the first college coach, college kid as a coach for these clubs. And no one was doing that. Marty Morgan was okay. the first one. I remember that right? name. Yeah, bet you do. And, and so he was the first one to come in back then college kids couldn't be paid for stuff like this, right? They had to be under the table or camps affiliated with their school, whatever, but they were not supposed to get paid for this. So he got paid for like landscaping or something. My dad was paying, <laughs> say he was paying for landscaping or Lakeshore or whatever. Yeah. So, and then we brought in, uh, well, you know, the Thorn brothers, right? Oh yeah. Uh, Mike, Mike, David. Well, their dad, John was my personal coach growing okay. up. Right. Uh, him and his wife, Brenda, right out of college. He was at, a, he was an Iowa state wrestler, all American there. He actually lived with us and he worked for my dad, got, got his start working for my dad. My dad was a investment baker and, uh, got his start working. So I had, we had these people in place, Kevin Darkus. I'd go see him every Wednesday down at the U, you know? So we had, my dad gave us opportunities that, that most kids weren't getting Yeah, back then. Nowadays, it's everywhere. There's wrestling schools everywhere. What sets ours apart is that we believe in on one-on-one attention, you know, versus. So we'll have one coach for every four to six kids, 
I have my own group of kids that I work with. I take notes on and I give these on Google Drive and I give these notes to the parents at the end of the month. Oh, wow. None of the really schools do that. You know, it's more like here you come and grind. Uh, you might have some guys that, that get favored a little bit more that are the real studs, but we take pride in making kids that, 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 that may not look like or appear that they have the skill or will have it. And all of a sudden there's, they're showing success. Yeah. That's my favorite part as a coach Yeah, is seeing, seeing a kid do doing stuff that they're not supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one of my, bit, my, my favorite things about the sport too, is sometimes you'll see a kid who's not even that good. And then all of a sudden, like I, I, I could tell stories of kids I knew growing up that, they would they would be just very average, and then they would beat someone, and then it just turned something in their head. Just one match, and then they were never the same in a good way. Like, they would just start... I remember a kid named uh, John Troutman, who he wasn't that good, and he beat a kid named Chad Weaver in a match who was tough, and he was never the same. He ended up being a high school state runner-up and was good from that point forward, and, and I, he wasn't even on my team. I just remember seeing that kid, and every now and again, you'd see that in someone... And to me, that was always cool. And, and the opposite was true, too. I knew a couple kids that were super talented. My brother beat a kid. Um, my brother changed a kid's life in a bad way as far as wrestling. Like, this kid hadn't lost, and he was going on his third year undefeated. And then my brother beat him, and he was never the same again. He was never, yeah. he never, it just broke him. He, he wasn't used to losing or whatever. And and uh, so that's that's what's great and, and hard about wrestling, you know. And that happens at... That happens in, in every generation. There's yeah. we. I I, I remember. I mean, it that happened to me a little bit because I, like I said, I relied on talent too much. Yeah. You know, at, at times, and, and you know, and I totally saw kids that, that were coming up through that were just hammers, and and when they were in their youth, and they just disappeared off the face of the planet. Either get burnt out, maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I I the last I think last year was the first year that I took the boys down to Tulsa and um, been there twice now. And, and that's one of my biggest takeaways is I wonder how many of these kids are still going to be around. Yeah. Because the two biggest takeaways are the weight cutting for these youth. These kids are ginormous, ginormous. And, and, and the other part is the insane parents slash coaches slash coaches a good story for you down there good feel good story and it involves my kids so I, i'm very proud of this we were <clears throat> titan got got beat out in a, in a blood round and uh it was the first year we were there and a kid was from california and super tough kid and and uh that kid ended up getting beat for fifth and sixth and his dad was just just chewing his ass and this, that, and the other, and walks away from his kid as his kid's sitting there slumped over, just defeated, you know, not just by the match he lost, but defeated by his own father, right? So we're standing behind these little fences that they have set up, you know, watching these matches because part of the things I love down there is I just love seeing all the awesome wrestling. I don't even know all these kids, and I there's such good talent. I just love seeing good wrestling. Yeah. I'm standing there and I look over and Titan's not there anymore. He walks around this fence, right? Goes up, goes up to the kid, sticks his hand out, shakes his hand, pulls him up and gives him a hug and says, that was a great match. And, and, and that's the kind of kids that I want 
I want to make kids like that. Yeah. I want to make kid, kids that that's, that's one of the coolest things I love about coaching is, is when they, not just when they can do so, something successful and, and perform successfully and, and they get their little successes, they get their little victories, but um, ultimately it's what kind of humans they turn out to be. Absolutely. Right? So like I had a parent last year, like I help out, I help out with our youth uh, program too. Uh, we have a little club or town club and I'll, uh, I'll go there once a week. Cause I'm, I'm at the high school full time now. And, uh, and, and I'm not an administrative by all means. I don't, that's the part I don't do. I will never be a head coach ever because yeah. I don't want to do anything with that. I, I just put on my shoes and I show shit and, 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 and that's what I love. I correct things and, and I make things better for them. And that's what I, care most about and so i had a parent ask me last year you know what do you think of your guys you know what do you think of your team and i said oh ask me in 15 20 years what kind of humans they turned out to be that's the cool part that's where my past experiences and hurdles and 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 and, uh trials and tribulations will come into effect to be able to help other kids not have to go through that because i'm I've been studying a lot more. I wish this, I wish we had YouTube and all this shit back then because my way of watching and getting better was watching the older guys go. Yeah. You know, watching, you know, when I was, we'd wrestle up in the juniors division in Vegas, the seniors, the U S nationals was going on the exact same time in the same facility. So I got to watch all my heroes, you know, my hero in wrestling is John Smith by all means. Bar none, I think he's the greatest wrestler of all time. He invented a style. Yeah, he sure know? did. I mean, I, he, he can't beat that. And I, my, I have a good little quick little story about him. You know, I was at Vegas and I was about ready to be in the finals for freestyle and for the junior division. I had a big weight. I had 80 some kids in my weight. And I'm sitting on this bench thing and I was high school age, but I was having a shoe. You know, I was sitting there and watching wrestling and this dude sits next to me and I look, oh, it's John Smith sitting right next to me. And he says, can I get a lip? I said, what? He says, can I get a lip? And I, he wanted a chew. And I said, sure. He saw I was chewing and he says, how are you doing? I said, I'm in the finals. He says, me too. And I said, I know. Everyone knows. <laughs> it, was, it was one of my favorite, favorite tournaments because I got to watch him tech fall Tom Brands. Oh, wow. Yeah, you were at that one, huh? Okay. Yeah, I was there for that live. It was so awesome. Yeah, it was the same year I won it in the freestyle. Nice. For juniors. Cool. It was a good time. You know, he's my my real-world hero, and I'm not a starstruck type of guy, and my fictitious hero is Rocky. Yeah, it's funny, man. Mine, too. I almost wore a Rocky shirt today, and, and, uh, you know, that people have no idea how much that movie shaped my life. Um, me too. Yeah, absolutely. Too. Rocky um, Four. I used to train to that to that soundtrack. Me and my brother did too. That's so funny, yeah. dude. Yeah, and, I know, saw it in a theater. <laughs> yeah, so did I. I was ten years old. Me and my buddy went, and it was one of the best days of my whole life. We went yeah. to dinner for his birthday, and and uh, you know we never had a lot of money growing up, but his parents took us to dinner, and then we went and saw Rocky Four, and we were standing up in the aisles, freaking Rocky. You know, and uh, you know, try to tell a little kid that that's not real. I mean, we were all about it. Um, yeah, I was disappointed when I actually started watching real boxing and it didn't look like that. Yeah. You know, you know, (laughs) you know, if, if that, if that was how real boxing was, it'd be the most popular thing in the whole planet. But, (laughs) you know, 
Real boxing is kind of boring because those guys are so good and they they do things that you can't really see what the heck they're what's going on. But um, yeah, yeah, I love Rocky. Um, what was I going to say yeah. about John? Smith? I still use those quotes. I use those quotes all the time. Yeah, I dude, I I, I am such a nerd about Rocky. I could probably do every character's line in every movie. You know, all you of might them. have me beat because I, I I I don't know every line, but I, you can ask. Ask uh, ask my fiance or kids. They'll 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 tell you that that when Rock, I have every movie on CD. I know I can watch it on uh, stream it whatever. But yeah. I have the CD. But when it comes on, you know when it comes on TBS or TNT, a marathon. My day's done. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll I'll watch it with all the commercials. Yeah, and I'll just keep watching it. I, I bought all the movies for my uh, father-in-law one Christmas, and I go, if you want to know, if you want to learn something about me, watch these movies, and you'll understand yeah. why I am the way I am, and why I still work out the way I do at forty-five, and and uh, you know because it, it, I I just get a lot out of it. I listen to something called Lion of Judah every morning, and uh, I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's on YouTube, yeah. and it's. I listen to Line of Judah Motivation. It's all about God, but they put like music behind it, and and it'll get you fired up, man. I, and I'll listen oh. to it. I'll go for runs and listen to it, and I'll be you know hollering, you know, God bless you. I'll say it to people running by him, and don't live in fear and all, all this yeah. stuff, you know. Um, so you have to send me that link later. Yeah, I definitely will. Um, I like listening to stuff like that. I listen to a lot of. Uh, I'll listen to a little short clips of like Tony Robbins stuff for, for certain types of focus stuff. Um, there's a, there's a couple others that, that I listen to. I'm not a big reader. Okay. Um, I, I, my mind just goes off. I I'll forget what I read as yeah. I'm reading it. And so I'm better at visual or audio. Yeah. I'm trying um, to read the Bible and, and I got to admit, sometimes I get, I get, I lose focus on what I'm reading and it's kind of hard to, you got to really be focused when you're reading the Bible to, to understand yeah. what you're reading. And, uh, for me anyway, um, I, I just got done with, a kind of a, a, a short thing where from our church, it, it was kind of a challenge thing. And, um, uh, the focus is on Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know, the, the story of Jesus, the, main dude in the bible you know yeah and and then fasting every wednesday okay so i picked a day to fast i had nothing no food well i'd have water and drink and stuff but uh no food for a day okay you know and and i'm i ended last wednesday but i'm thinking i might just still continue yeah i might just continue that fast and i might add a second day yeah. You know, and just spread it out. You know, I might do a Monday or a Tuesday, Thursday type of deal. Yeah. You know, where I have no food and and then it's it's not that bad, you know, but yeah. it it it's uh I think what it's doing up here it is strengthening upstairs a little bit and, yeah. and won't sacrifice and I think we all kind of miss that. Yeah, fast, fasting is all about going through those, uh, you know, you get to that point where you almost feel like you're going to puke, and then if you just suck it up for a few minutes, you get past that, and then yeah. and then it's not that big a deal. And, yeah. you know, most people don't understand that kind of craziness. Um, no. <laughs> they don't. But, well, they, it, when they talk about, you know, so I remember, so my brother went on, went on a mission, and so I don't want to get in 
talk about his personal life. Um, but you know, he, he got up to, he was heavy, you know, uh, he got almost up to 200 pounds, okay. right? And that's heavy for him, even though he's six foot tall. Um, he's, he's very, he's got smaller wrists than I do. He's just real dainty bones. Yeah. And for him, that was kind of heavy and he was drinking a little bit, you know, more than he probably should have nothing like me. You know, I mean, that, that's a, and we can get into that if you want. It, it's a, and it'd probably be good for maybe people to hear. Um, but he quit drinking. And when I told you he's focused and driven, you know, he went from 190 some pounds back to, he's right back down to 160 and he shredded, Yeah, you know, and it, he did this in less than two months and his, and his wife mad like how does it how do you do that why is why do you do that he says because nobody knows their body better than a wrestler yep we know how far we can push ourselves most people don't most people have their own personal limit that they just because they've never been past it before okay they don't know what it's like to to push your body so far that that you know what did tom brands used to say that you know we do things and make a billy goat puke you know, and it's true. You know, it's stuff we do is probably frowned upon by society. You know, as as a whole. Yeah. You know, we we work so hard and we put our body. I mean, I don't know about you. My body's beat up. You know, and, and it is. I've had rotator cuff surgery. I've had sh- surgery in my left shoulder, and my AC, and and my low back. I'm looking at a fusion, and uh, I first hurt my back in 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 gosh when I, in Russia. You know, in the Soviet Union when I was there. And, and so all these years, everything's just kind of besides construction. I do construction for a living. And and uh, it's just I'm beat up. But I know that there's people out there that are still scrapping. I yeah. wanted to do – I wanted to go to, to veterans just like three or four years ago or five years ago. Yeah. I wanted to go do it. Yeah, I was all set to do it. And then I had to have a surgery on my own shoulder, but I had signed up for a tournament and everything. And, and, and I'm still going to do it one of these days. I'm going to do it and just go wrestle one more time. Yeah. And, and, you know, just let it fly and not worry about whether I win or not. Just just uh, wrestle, you know, because when I did uh, that, you know, I, I, I could wrestle with just about anybody when I just did that. And I didn't worry about who they were and what they, you know... My, I told a story yesterday to somebody on that po- that post I put on Facebook about my brother and I, two weeks after state my senior year, we wrestled in our front yard for about a half an hour, and there was nothing on the line, nobody watching or any of that crap, and we just wrestled, and yeah. and it, we just wrestled for like probably half an hour straight. We got one takedown apiece, but we were scrambling all over the place, and and, you know, John Smith used to talk about that backyard wrestling, you know, just, just wrestle, just go out there and, and wrestle and see what happens. Yep. And, and if I could do it again, that's what I would do. And if my boy ever wants to wrestle, you know, I used to get tears in my eyes thinking about having a son and not thinking about him winning necessarily, but I would think about, I would actually think about him losing and me telling him, I love you no matter what, you know, no matter what you do in this sport or don't do, you know, if you're a four-time state champ or you never make it to state i'm gonna love you the exact same goosebumps yeah yeah I, I i love that you know that's that's what it's all about for me and and my dad didn't set out to do that to me but he didn't uh you know i can remember one time him telling me he was proud of me after losing and i had made it to the finals of this tournament i was a 125 pounder and i'm and it was a 
that my kids club actually put me in the wrong weight bracket and I was up at 140 and I wrestled the defending Missouri State champ and, and was beating the crap out of him up until the last 30 seconds. He had a five point move and ended up beating me by a point. And that was the only time my dad ever called me and was like, I just want to tell you I was proud of you today. And, wow. it, you know, it, it still it still does something to me just thinking about that. And I, I'm going to tell my son every chance I get how proud of him I am, whether he wrestles or not. And I hope he does because it's something I know a little bit about. But, well, you, know. you I, I hope you I hope he does, too. And not just because to be a wrestler, but from the life lessons that you get from it. Yeah. Right. So my older son. He, he, my older son loves wrestling. He still, he, co- he helps coach at JJ. Okay. You know, he works with the little, little guys, you know, like the beginners. And he, I don't see him much because it's a different day or it's a different time uh, of day. But he was one of those type of wrestlers that was, you know, he was a 500 plus type wrestler. You know, he was better than average, but he was always behind his best friend that, was a state place winner multiple times and Brady wasn't able to go up or down. He couldn't beat those guys, you know, and he couldn't go down and it was too big. And he was just one of those guys that growing up with youth, he was at those youth tournaments, you'd have, you know, four man brackets, whatever you remember. And, and they, they, he, he would get third all every weekend, you know, or he might get a second. And if there was no studs there, he could pull off a first, but mainly it was getting third at all these things and it just never looked like he was he wanted it you know and 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 this is where my coaching changed forever is when he was a little when he was a little bit younger than my twins are now and i i pulled him aside and and i had to ask him because i was getting pissed i was getting frustrated i was at that time guilty of being one of those parents uh of you know living a little vicariously through their eyes like why I was good. Why can't he be, you know, Yeah. just, you know, just uh, horrible. And I asked him, I said, do you want to do this? I don't want you to do this for me. I said, we can, you can do whatever you want. I said, do you even like doing this? And he had tears. He just got done getting beat. looked like he just didn't even try. And cause I, I don't care if you win or lose. It, effort is everything to me. Effort is everything to me. If you're not putting in effort, then then I get angry, <laughs> you know, because I want you to do good at try hard at everything you do, not just in wrestling. Yeah. And, and and he had tears coming down his face. He goes, "No, Dad, I love it." Right there, my my coaching changed forever at that very moment. To a, okay, now we're going to approach this different. You know, I'm going to. I, 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 I'm sort of preaching more of the love of the sport and how it applies to your life and, and, and how you're going to run through things. You think school's hard. Wait till you, you know, wait till you're in the real world where life actually happens because yeah. life doesn't happen right now. Like right now you're just going through life. But when you're older, I said, life is going to happen to you <laughs> yeah. and you got to know how to have the grit to get through it. And, and so he, he finished out his, his high school career and, you know, he, he had winning record and, and, uh, I tried to get his mom to let him come and uh, live with me in in a smaller town in Norwood when I had a hobby farm back then. And he, he would have been, he would have been all state. He would have placed a state at least twice at, at that school. But was, you know, I don't think she, she wanted him to come live with me at that point, yeah. you know, but that's when my coaching changed forever was, 
was with him. And, and um, you know, I'm hard on kids, not just my own. I'm, we, right. we, we, it, it's, it's worth, I think it's worth being tough. Kids need to learn how to have someone be tough on them. Yeah. And, and some, and some parents these days don't like it. They, yeah. you know, they want their kids to be more coddled and, and, and I'm not afraid to say it. And it's like, no, you know, you, this is a tough world, man. Yeah. You know, one of the things I'm going to tell my boy, whether he wrestles or not is son, sometimes the only option you have is to suck it up. You know, yeah. sometimes you're going to be uncomfortable. Sometimes you're going to be hungry. Sometimes we're going to have to go a long way before you can stop and pee. Whatever the deal is, you're going to mm-hmm. have to suck it up, you know, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, not, mm-hmm. not being abusive or anything, just telling them no. sometimes no. life, life is freaking hard for everyone. Mm-hmm. No matter how much yeah. money you have, no matter how good looking you are, or any of that, you know, life is hard no matter mm-hmm. what. And, I hope to instill that in him, and and I hope to do it through wrestling. And uh, I wanted to ask you about coaching your boys, but before we get into that, uh, two things. First of all, if this uh, if this Zoom craps out on us, because sometimes when you go long, it just it just shuts down on you. I'll I'll, okay. get, I'll get you right back, but okay. hopefully it won't, because um, I'm enjoying their conversation. But I, I will just email you back, and we'll do it. We'll just meld it all together. We'll edit it. But okay. um, so I just wanted to warn you. But I did want to ask you about the drinking and how you stopped because sure. I haven't in March it'll be ten years for me and I just yes. yeah I, I just finally came to the conclusion that I was gonna you know in my business it's very easy for it to be a problem it's always free Absolutely. it's always free and you're always around strangers and it's just easier to talk to people that you don't really know if you got a buzz and yeah. or at least it used to be now I'm not like that at all but I finally came to the conclusion, I was like, I'm going to wake up, be in my mid-40s, my career will have gone nowhere, and I'll be a full-blown drunk. And I just, yeah. I just, I just uh, eventually stopped, and, and I've told the story a couple times, the first, when I first realized that I had the ability to stop, I, I used to make a homemade sauna in my hotel room just to sweat that crap out of me. Yeah. And after a particularly rough night, I sat on the edge of the tub, and I had my head down, and I, you know, been jumping around trying to break a sweat, and I was just, I was just praying. I was, I said, God, please help me stop doing this to myself. And TJ, I heard an audible voice say, "Help yourself." You know, it was like God. It, mm. I, I literally heard it. Maybe it was just so loud in my own head, but I think it was God literally talking to me, saying, "I have given you everything you need. I have made you are strong enough. You have every." I've given you everything you need to be successful and happy and and fulfilled without this crap. And if you want to stop, you stop. You know, you're the only one who can do it. You know, and it was it was weird for me. Um, and it took me a couple of weeks. But I was on the road and I tried to quit that night and I had a just about had a panic attack on stage and I got through it and no one knew in the audience but I could feel it. So I went right to the bar and. Uh, but then a couple weeks later, I had three weeks off the road, and I quit, and uh, and I've, I've never, I never faltered when it came to that. I had my struggles with pot, too, and that was a little harder for me, but uh, with the drinking, I never, the drinking was the main problem, and every bad thing that ever happened in my life uh, had alcohol involved in it, and I uh, ruined a lot of relationships, and did a lot of stupid things, and I think God was protecting me the whole time because he had a different plan for me, and he was just probably shaking his head the whole time and, and waiting for me to wake up, and I, I did. So 
so I love to hear when people, and like you said earlier, wrestling is one of those sports, and after you're done with it, you almost, it, it's hard to find that kind of high again, and there's a lot of wrestlers who end up abusing drugs or alcohol when they're done because, and probably a lot of athletes in general, but I know wrestlers because it's such a balls-to-the-wall kind of a thing that when you quit, it's like, well, now what? You know, yeah. so what uh, what led do you finally decide to make that choice? And, and how did you how did you do it? Well, what happened? So I I don't know how I grad got my bachelor's degree at St. Cloud. I, I don't know. But it got to the point where I where I'll lead up to what happened on August 15th, 2002. So when I was still in college, I couldn't wrestle anymore. I filled that hole. You know, I was, I was, I, I'd go on kicks. I would have a bottle. I'd be in the gym for a while and then I'd get into vodka and then I'd get into wine. I was making, mixing drinks and I was going to class. I was mixing drinks and going to the library. I had never missed class. I always went to class. I always did my work. I always did it buzzed, Yeah. but I always did my job. <laughs> I would go to the bar and do my work and do my schoolwork. I'd be sitting belly up at the bar, have a big 32 ounce mug of beer and I'm doing my homework. Right. So after, after college, you know, as well as I do that it's a progressive disease, alcoholism. It just creeps up and it'll keep creeping. And before you know it, it's your full blown drinking all the time. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I didn't, wasn't doing, I mean, I worked in my field very briefly, but I was a drunk, you know, I was drinking all the time. I was had squirt pop, my, that I'd have half and half vodka in there, or I'd walk around with one of these, that it was a code red Mountain Dew to be half and half vodka. One would be underneath my car seat. One would be in my, my glove compartment. One would be in my center console. I would have stash ready everywhere. I'd have it on the job site because I started working construction because I got, bored with this stuff and I liked working with my hands and I did it in college in the summer times. I did roofing. I did, uh, uh, block tending. I was a block tender, which is the hardest job physically that I've ever done. My grip got really damn strong from, for wrestling doing it, but I would be drinking on site. I'd be drinking there. And it just, it got to the point where I was drinking a, a one seven five, a car cup vodka a day, every day. Wow. Every day. And, and I I'd go in and buy two and I would drink one and then, and I wasn't, I didn't even go to work anymore. I just start, I'd never leave the house because my drinks at the bar were quadruple shots because they were, they weren't never strong enough. Yeah. So I'd order, my drink would cost me, you know, damn near 20 bucks. Cause I'd be four shots in one drink. I wouldn't say a double. I said, I want a quadruple. And, and, and I was at bowling leagues and, and stuff like that. And I started not going to that anymore because everything got too expensive. And I had DWIs. I had two of them. I had one back in college uh, when I was 20 and one when I was 22. Both on my brother's birthday, two years apart to the day. Huh. You know, and back then they weren't, they weren't as big a deal. You know, my first one, I had a fine of 50 bucks. I lost my license for 30 days. Oops. Yeah. You know. And then my second one was, I was still on probation from the first one. So I got in a little more trouble on that one. But fast forward to around 27, I was done. I, but I didn't know how, you know, there, there, like today there's, 
you can find, they have commercials for help. They, you hear it on the radio, teen and adult challenge. They didn't have, have it around. It was hard to find this kind of stuff. I didn't have the internet to, to, to look this stuff up. I had a big fat ass footbook, phone book. And I would call these numbers. I'd write these numbers down, but then I'm calling the wrong number to the wrong place because I was drunk. And I was, I even tried to join the military to try to quit drinking. Oh, wow. And, and I was trying to join, join the Marine Corps and, they were salivating because I was already a college graduate, you know, so I would go to officer school right out of boot camp. Come on in. Let's talk. And I said, I can't. And I said, I'm a drunk. They came to my house. You know, one of them drove me to a physical to go ha- have done. I was ready to go. They said, we'll take care of your drinking. We'll, 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 you'll, we'll get dried out before you even go to boot camp, blah, blah, blah. And I failed my physical because of my shoulder surgery and my back. I'm like, are you kidding me? I said, I can run through that boot camp like it's nothing. Well, that's what I thought back then. But And then I couldn't, and I felt lost, right? Well, so on that night, it would have been August 14th, 2002, I, I explained it. This is the way I explain it. I used to tell my story at, uh, at, at treatment places or, or groups, you know, and uh, if they ever seen the movie Leaving Las Vegas, with Nicholas Cage, right? Yeah. Where he goes out there and I said, that was me. I wanted to, I said, I, I, I had a shotgun. I couldn't figure out how to use it. It was the wrong stuff. I just wanted to end my, end this stuff. Cause I couldn't find help. I couldn't, my parents were in Canada fishing. They were there. They usually go there for a few months. So no one was around. Ty, I don't know what he was doing at the time, but I think he separated himself from me at that time because I was pretty bad drunk. And uh, I said, okay, this isn't working. So I had that movie popped into my head. And I said, okay, so I had, I'm going to do it by boots. So I drank a 175 of alcohol. This is one night. Wow. And then I drank a liter of gin. And then I drank a bottle of sake that I found under my parents' bed. And then I ran out of booze. Well, then I found some uh, half six-pack in the basement, drank that, ran out of so I had no more alcohol left. I didn't have any money. So I started lining up shots of rubbing alcohol. Oh, God. And I started taking shots of rubbing alcohol. And I, all this time, I'm on the phone with a, a, a good buddy of mine. And now, coincidentally, he, used to, he was sober. He would come over frequently once a week or so. And every time, he'd just hang out with me while I would drink. You know? And then every time he'd leave, he'd leave an AA book. And then I'd take that AA book and I'd throw it in the garbage. You know? I didn't have a problem. I opened it up just fine. It went down super easy. Yeah. Not an issue. And then uh, he, he was on, I was on the phone with him this night and he got really worried about me. I don't know what I remember what I said to him, but it was worried enough where he, he called uh, the authorities and they came to my house and he's like, Hey, you know, the, the police are there and they want to talk to you. And uh, I said, why are the cops here? I'm not doing nothing but watching Conan O'Brien. I remember saying that. And I said, no, they're just worried about you. I want to talk to you. Just make sure your hands are out of your pocket or whatever. And I, and that's the last I remember that evening. Because when I left, I, I don't know. I don't remember locking the door. I don't remember leaving. But I, I woke up in, in the ICU. Because, uh, and this, this will blow your mind, but my blood alcohol, and this was a few hours after... They left. They took me from my house. Was 0.54 blood alcohol. Jeez, I was past clinically dead. 
which is four seven. And I was in renal failure. My kidneys were failing and I was, my urine was black. I was pissing and shitting myself. And and you said you had your kind of spiritual awakening where you heard a voice. Well, I had my spiritual awakening in the ICU. Well, people that go to AA, you know, they say your 12 step is when you had your spiritual awakening, whatever. I had mine in the ICU where I had this big window and then all of a sudden I could see out the window. All of a sudden I couldn't see out the window anymore. It was completely bright white light. And it, nothing spoke to me, but I felt something. And I can't explain it, but I was done. Yeah. Now, remember I told you that, that, that I wasn't the type to, that took to authority very well, or I didn't do well when people told me what to do. For something got in my head that very moment where I, well, after the ICU, I had to go to, <laughs> I had to go to nut ward for a week because they called it at first an attempted suicide. So I had to go stay in this. So I'm in this room with this, I didn't need to be in there, but I, I was in there with some dudes that needed to be in there. <laughs> let's just say. Yeah. And I remember being on the phone. That's the only time I could call. Fine. My brother came and saw me in the ICU with his then girlfriend at the time. And, you know, I remember him like kind of, re, you know, gagging a little bit because the way I was convulsing, you know, I was like literally convulsing and it, it, my, my withdrawals weren't withdrawals. I went through really bad DTs where I, I was seeing things that weren't there. I was talking to people that weren't there. I had a nurse aide at my side 24 hours a day because of my kidneys failing. And uh, my liver was damaged. Thankfully, liver, my liver regenerated itself and my kidneys are forever damaged. You know, they work at 70 some percent and that can't be fixed. Um, but I, from there, when I was able to use the phone, I talked to my brother. I said, find me a place. <laughs> Help me find a treatment place. And this is weird where I can smoke. I didn't smoke. I, I don't know why I said that, but I ended up smoking at treatment. <clears throat> I think I was automatically already looking for a crutch. Yeah. And so I did the, I was there for a month and, 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 and from, from there, I, I never looked back. I never relapsed. I, 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 I did everything they told me to do 90 meetings in 90 days. I did that. I, I show up at this place for, to learn how to read this book. Okay. I showed up there. I did everything they told me to do. Um, do I go to AA anymore? No, I haven't in years. I, I, I lost the heart for it. I think it's great for beginners into the getting sober. I think it's a support, you know, I think it's great in the beginning, but later on I, at, at a church, I started going to, um, they had a, a, a faith-based recovery, they called it. And you walk in, you know, in any AA meeting, they're like, I'm TJ, my name's TJ, I'm an alcoholic or whatever. They don't believe in that. You know, they don't believe in putting a label on something on you that's already been defeated at the cross, right? So I say, my name is TJ. I'm an overcomer in Christ. Big difference. Yeah. Big difference. So that's the way my mentality has been towards addiction for since, gosh, 
probably first four years. I mean, I had my 18 years in August, this past August, and, and I've never looked back. I've tried to help. I mean, I go tell my story or I'll go speak at, there's a group called Chain Breakers. It's actually a pretty cool group. There's, um, I'm not, I'm not at liberty to say that, that the names there, but there's some pretty high name ex wrestlers that have been there. Yeah. And, uh, um, they do have a group on Facebook, uh, Thursday nights at six 30. It's called chain breakers. Uh, uh, but I've gone and spoke there, but you know, that's, I've helped other young people try to get sober. I've been burned many times doing so. Um, and I say, okay, I'm not going to do this again. And then, and then I still end up doing it because I know it's what helps me yeah. uh, be better uh, and more accountable. If yeah. I can share my, story we've got so many similarities dude i you know i I, know. I, it's I, crazy. I i went to uh oh, my light went out of my damn thing <laughs> we talked yeah. to my light burned out um can you see me okay now yeah okay um yeah we've got we've got so many uh similarities i went to aa for a little while and and went for a couple years actually and and i haven't been in a long time but i really haven't felt the need to um, yeah. but I do feel like people, I was telling somebody this the other day, I was like, um, uh, I, I think people should, should go to AA just to do the 12, and people should, everyone should do a 12 step program just to get to the root of what's wrong with you, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because we've all got, we've all got something. We've yeah. all got things that we go, why do I keep doing this to myself? Um, and AA can kind of get to the, the root of why you do, uh, at least the 12 steps. Um, the so, first step is probably the most important one is taking your personal inventory. Yeah. You know, taking your personal inventory. Besides that, the third one, you know, believe in a power, but greater than yourself. Dude, that third you know? step prayer. Um, I think I was like on day 17, maybe of being yeah. sober. And I said the third step prayer and I like really said it and I haven't had any desire since, you know, yeah. you know, um, that's the biggest, that's the hardest one for, for people to get by Yeah, is believing in, in, in something greater than themselves. And right. that's where they, 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 they seem to have the issue. I, I remember my first, the first couple of days in treatment, you know, they have your general meeting of everybody together and they were explaining things, how things were going to go. And they they split the group, the big group up into okay, 20% over here and 80% over here. And the guy speaking pointed over at the 80% and said, you guys will be back. I happened to be sitting in that 80%. I got up, walked over to the 20% and I stood, I didn't sit. I stood and I said, I ain't coming back. Yeah. I ain't coming back. But this is what I meant by where, where wrestling literally saved my life at age 28 because and my brother would tell you too that 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 uh, um, the wrestling mentality and that work ethic and that and that that is just ingrained in us from from for all those years, day in and day out, paid off dividends. Paid off dividends. Saved my life. Yeah, no doubt about it. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And you know, it wasn't until just recently that I started kind of. Uh, trying to get back into at least making an appearance like at this chain breakers. It's not an AA group. It's the reason why I got away from AA was the political stuff about it. 
you know, they, they talk so much about the money and the funds and this and that and people bickering. And I got so tired of the poor me's and the whining and, and, you know, it, we're different, you know, it's like, we don't believe in being sorry for ourselves really as far as uh, wrestling mentality goes, you know, it, we, we were respond. That's why it makes it so unique than any other sport. And I don't necessarily consider wrestling a sport so much. I mean, I explain this to kids that I coach and I said, this is, this is a way of life. It's, it, it's an actual lifestyle that is, is, is not comparable to many. Yeah. And, 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 and you, you can play basketball, you can play wrestling, you can play football, but you can't play wrestling. Yeah. You can't hide behind a teammate. You can't hide behind coaches. I you correct can't... people all the time. I'm like, you don't play wrestling. <laughs> yes, you don't. It, it, it's a, it's a way of life and, 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 and I'm very thankful for it. I, and, you know, I've had a lot of ups and downs and, 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 and const- const- I will always have them. Everyone does. Yeah. You know, I, I've never been tempted to go back. You know, I've had one time that was almost an accident was at, a bowling league, you know, and, and I went to grab my Mountain Dew and I took a taste and it was, it had booze in it. I was so diligent about, about this stuff is that I threw the cup. I ran to the, I didn't even spit it out yet. I ran to the bathroom, spit it out, stuck my finger down my throat and made myself puke to make sure nothing went down. Wow. Yeah. Because I, I, I was not going to, be defeated by this yeah. again. I've done the same thing two or two or three times because in my business there's it's always around and I've made the mistake and accident accidentally it got in my mouth and it just made my whole tongue just I I reckon I didn't make myself puke but I was like scraping my tongue out you know just getting that shit yeah. out of there and and it was it was weird man like I could I could feel how close I was to you know and I wasn't the kind of drunk that that you know like. I didn't go to the, the, those kind of extremes. It was what I did when I drank. And yeah. it was just something I had to get away from. And if it wasn't for wrestling and having that to fall back on, like without getting into our childhood, if it wasn't for the sport of wrestling, I don't know where I would be right now, but it would not be good. You know, yeah. my sister, you know, not to talk crap on her or anything, but she's got issues that she's never gotten past and it's, because she didn't have that. And, uh, you know, she'd probably be mad at me for even saying that. But um, I, I just thank God all the time that, that, you know, that that happened. And I remember when we were going to our first wrestling practice, you know, I was always kind of a nervous kid. And I remember we couldn't find the wrestling room. It was at this big high school we'd never been to. And I remember thinking, maybe if we don't find it, I won't have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> And, but I'm we, assuming you found it. We did find it, and, and I was pretty good from the start. You know, I, I was uh, natural, and maybe to my um, maybe to my downfall, I was a natural, you know, because I didn't work as hard as my brother, who wasn't quite as natural at it as I was. Um, my gosh, are we alike? <laughs> yeah. Um, we are gonna, so alike. I'm going to have to wrap this up pretty soon, but I wanted to ask you what it's like uh, to coach your boys and, and uh, how, how great that is. It, it, it's amazing. It's, uh, they, they, I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging about them. Um, they, they legitimately are very special athletes. Um, they have very special skills. They have, uh, 
unmatchable mat sense, unmatchable body awareness. Um, they have endless gas tanks. They're known for that. They don't get tired. They, they, and, and they have fun with, but what's even more important is, is how much they are loved, liked, and respected by so many people. They're outgoing. They're not shy, which is a good thing. And sometimes not the greatest, you yeah. know, but, but they're not, they're not shy. They're, they're very talented young lads and, 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 um, what it's like, I and mean, sometimes it's frustrating, like coaching anybody else, you know, and there's times where I'll grab Jeff, you know, he's the guy that runs, runs JJ or his partner, Jesse, I'll grab either one of them. You need to talk to them. I'm about ready to, you know, I'll lose my shit. And, and, and I'm a firm believer in, in, in having any kids have multiple coaches, you know, having different philosophies, having different uh, 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 tactics and, and, and getting involved where you might there. I know that there's kids that they have wrestled that, that they're that wrestled with that those kids wouldn't even go to a tournament without their dad being there. And that's sad. Yeah. They have to know how to be coached by other people because this, my ulterior motive is later on in life, right? You have to know how to relate to different bosses. Yeah. You have, you're gonna, you're gonna be working your way up a ladder somewhere in some form. So you have to be able to be coached by different people and to learn from different people and take accept authority from different people. And they do this very well and they adapt very well. And, 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 uh, if, if I keep, if I, you know, I feel if I keep preaching to them, you know, the things to watch out for and keep my eyes open for things that symptoms that I might see that are characteristic of my past, <laughs> then, then we're going to nip that in the ass right away. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't want them to have to, go through what I went through. They shouldn't have to, if I've already gone through it for them. Right. You know, and you'll see, you know, if they keep on the same track, you're going to, you're going to notice these little, these little shits, uh, in the next few years making a real statement. Yeah. I bet Um, I've watched them wrestle and they, they, they're really, they're really talented, you know, for how um, old are they? They're seventh grade. Okay. Yeah. They're really small. They're only 80 and 85 pounds. Okay. But yeah, I, I've watched them, and they've they've really they're they're beyond their years as far as their technique and and that yeah. kind of stuff. And uh, you know, it's funny, dude the uh, the way that God works and the way that you know I I always ask I've been asking a lot lately for God to show me His will for my life and to put the right people in my life and the right people in my path. And this is no knock on you, but there was supposed to be three other people that were supposed to do this podcast on this day. And, oh. and uh, I was supposed to have Jim Gibbons and then a couple other people were, were tentatively going to do it and they, they fell out and I, I didn't have a guest at all. And I was like, I'm going to I'm going to see if TJ wants to do this. And yeah. and I have to tell you that it's been one of the best podcasts that I've done so far because we, oh, wow. you know, we, you. we obviously talked about wrestling, but we, we talked about a lot of things. And I think part of God's will for my life or that I'm learning more all the time is that. You know, I I was blessed with a certain ability to say things to people in a certain way that, you know, maybe they need to hear. And I've had my own struggles in life and my own story. And I've got this small platform that's that's growing. I got like 4,000 new subscribers last week and or a couple, within the last couple of weeks. And, and part, nice. of, part of my goal is to not only talk about wrestling, but let people know that struggle is for a reason. 
you know, and that life, and it's real. Yeah, and that life is hard for everyone, and that you can get through it if you if you do certain things. And I struggle all the time with uh, life. You know, I mean, we all do. And there, are, there, last night I was in a, I had a great day, and then all of a sudden, just you know, Satan is a sneaky bastard, and and when he sees you going the right way and trying to do the right thing, he'll do everything he can to derail you. And uh, yeah. so anyway, I feel like like us having this conversation was uh, all God, you know, putting us together yeah. and uh, all our similarities and and all that stuff and. And hope to meet you someday. And uh, I yeah, just... well, I told you I want to go to your one of your shows. So let's get you up to Rick Bronson's. Yeah, you know, House yeah. of Comedy or Acme in uh, in downtown. Yeah, I, I've got They're a both con- great venues. I've got a contact with uh, Rick Bronson. I need to get a hold of him and uh, and and get yeah. in there. And I definitely will. I could get a whole slew of guys coming. Okay. Wrestlers to come to that. That would be a great time. We'll have a whole table just for of wrestlers. Awesome. You well, know how cool would that be? I'll have my uh, I'll have my manager when he talks to him or she talks to him about the about it uh, as the, I'll use that as a selling point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I did want to mention one thing about our high school team. I know okay. you said you had to wrap this up, but it's all good. Um, you'll like this. It's a. Our, rest, our high school wrestling team, Watertown Mayor, small town, 4,200 4, people in, in just Watertown. And and we started, you know, this is my first year with them full-time. And, you know, we went from a team of this guys that, you know, they're just farm boys, hard, you know, hunters, you know, they're, they're hard, hard-nosed, gritty guys. And so far, we beat three ranked teams in duels. We're 11 and all right now in awesome. duels. And we beat the top guy, top team in our region already. The second team in our top, you know, the second best team in our region. We got the third best this week. And I, I if we're not ranked pretty soon. So, I mean, I, I wanted to bring up Watertown because we, you know, I'm so proud of these boys that, you know, on our coaching staff is, is, is the head, the head that we have co-head coaches. I've known them both for years and, and uh, it's one thing about coaching that they do that that I don't know that a lot of high schools do a lot is that these guys genuinely love each and every one of these kids. And I think that's something that's missing. I think that's something that's missing rather than, you you know, being a number on a team. Yeah. You know, they, they genuinely care from your top varsity guy to, you know, we have one girl on our team and it's her second year. And she's she had two JV wins just last week in a row in the nice. same night awesome. and a try. So that's what I dig about coaching is yeah. seeing these kids that maybe that maybe you know above five hundred type wrestlers making it happen. Yeah. It's like a vision quest type of thing, you know. It's like hey, we're on a mission here. We Watertown's never made it to state high school tournament. Oh wow. We, that could seriously happen oh, yeah. for us. That could be a reality, you know, as long as we stay the course and always preach the attacking and, and, and wrestling with every part of your body. And just, you know, I'm excited for it. Yeah, that's I great. appreciate this. This was fun. And I knew I wasn't, like, I knew you had other guys on it, really, you know, scheduled for, for today. You told me that already. You're well, you know, I, I, I definitely wanted to have you on sometime, but, you know, yeah. this is it's just, uh, it was like a prayer answered, you know, like God yeah. God knows what you need and what you, you know, the, the message that needs to get out there. And, and like I said about... Covered. 
like I said about your own career, you know, like you, you told me in that message, some of the, you know, you were a prodigy coming into high school and some of the guys yeah. you beat and competed with and all that stuff. And there's no telling what you could have done in the sport, yeah. you know, individually. But I think it's even more important that you went through those things. And now that you're touching so many lives and that you're able to uh, pass on some of that knowledge and, and wisdom that, that you got through trials and tribulations and, and, very difficult things that you overcame. So, you know, I, I think maybe God pinned you in that regional final. <laughs> I, 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 that's a very good possibility. Yeah. I, I, I believe that. I believe in the same type of stuff you do. I yeah. believe that I believe that uh, God puts people in your lives that, that when it's not our time, it's his time. Absolutely. And that's what I think that gets missed a lot because we all want something like yesterday. You know, we're a society that, that moves so fast now that, that it's not – his will for it to move that fast. Yeah. You know, if yeah. it is, he'll let us know hell or high water. <laughs> you know, yes. We'll know some way that, you know, when we get all flat, flat on our face, well, that wasn't our time. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. I dig it. I, you know, your, 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 your net worth is your network, right? Yeah. So I yeah. dig it. I think my next tattoo, I've only got a couple tattoos, but I'm thinking about getting stand your ground for it is written on my arm, you know. I like it. Because that's what, you know, that's basically what Jesus kept telling the devil, you know, over and over. It's written. Sometimes I'll be working out and I'll be like, it's written, devil. Beat it, you know. Yeah, yeah. My tattoo I have here, it looks like a Harley symbol. Yeah. But it's not. It says John 316, forgiven. I love it. Yeah, that's but it looks like a Harley symbol. Yeah, you know, cool. but most people think it's a Harley symbol. I do ride a Harley. Yeah, but it's a. Uh, I have that one, and I got what would Jesus do right here? Nice. You know. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, things work out the way they're supposed to work out if you just uh, if you just look for the the positives and everything. You know, no matter yeah. what. Is uh, there anything else you want to say before we get out of here? No, no. I if you want, I you know, if you ever want to. Um, talk to my brother at all. Um, okay. You know, let me know. Okay. I'll get you in contact with him. I would love to. Yeah. Cool, brother. Yeah. I'll look forward to some of your other ones. I've, I watched the last one I watched was, uh, Jeff McGinnis. Okay. Um, I never got a chance to wrestle him. Okay. We are the same age. Um, he wrestled, he beat up a buddy of mine pretty bad at junior nationals, but, uh, I don't, I never got a chance to wrestle him. He was fun to watch, man. Yeah. He was tough. Yeah. He was, uh, <laughs> he was a tough. phenomenal wrestler. Jim Gibbons is a cool dude. I know Joel. I don't know Jim. Yeah. You know, I haven't had him on the podcast yet, but we talked one day for about a half an hour and it was like, you know, some of these people I'll talk to and it's like, I've never spoken to him and I, you know, sometimes I'll get nervous talking to him, you know, because yeah. I looked up to him when I was a kid and then. Yeah. Almost immediately, I feel comfortable with them, and we end up having some great conversations. And they're not just about yeah. wrestling. So he knows my he knows my uncle. He might well, I don't know about Jim, but Joe does because he they went to school with John Thorne, John okay. Thorne, uh, the dad of the Thorne brothers. Yeah, he was an All American at Iowa State around those time, and Kevin Darkus used to beat him up. And his, you know, yeah. I, I had some good men in my life. Yeah, and uh, I'm very thankful for that. Cool, brother. It was a pleasure to have you, and I think it'll, Thank probably, you very much. I think it'll probably be up tomorrow. My poor wife is going to edit this, and, and uh, I made it hard on her with some of the <laughs> you know, the things I wasn't prepared for. But um, Yeah, let me know the link, because I already did tell my the high school coach, that the head coach, that, that I was doing this, and he said, yeah, send me the link. Cool, man. 
I definitely yeah. will. May I get you some more subscribers? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, TJ. I'll talk to you soon, and God bless you, buddy. All right, sir. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. That was TJ Fredericks. I, I didn't even ask him if I say his name last name right, but what a great dude and what a great story and uh, total badass. And, uh, you know, we didn't even get into uh, how good a, a wrestler he was. It, not not completely, you know, his total prodigy. And and I love stories like that. You know, I love uh, I love wrestling for that very reason, that it, the kind of people it makes. And I look forward to putting this one up and hope you guys enjoyed it. And make sure you like and share and subscribe. And God bless all of you. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, making this thing into, uh, you know, slowly building it into a successful thing. So God bless all of you, and take care, and good luck. Bye-bye. Oh, by the way, always go to makingithappen.com, M-A-C-A-N-ithappen.com. Help out little Bo Macon and his family. It's been kind of a rough, uh, it's always rough for him, to be completely honest, but it's been really rough lately, and they can use your help. And that's it. God bless all of you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Do us both a favor and click on that subscribe button.